KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Nurses have been through a lot the last couple of years as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. We hear stories all the time about nurse burnout. We have a shortage of nurses around the country. So these are challenging times for the profession. And we wanted to know if the last couple of years have actually changed how hospitals, how healthcare providers recruit young nurses. And if nursing schools have adjusted how they prepare nurses for a job, that it would seem as much different now than it was just a couple of years ago. Our guest is Dr. Wendy Robb. She is the Dean of the School of Nursing at Cedar Crest College up in Allentown. So to start, and I know I'm going to be painting with a broad brush here, but kind of give us the state of the nursing profession after two years of a pandemic. I think we have all heard horror stories of burnout, patients pushing their political agenda on healthcare workers, stuff like that. But overall, what would you say is the state of nursing right now? I would say that the state of nursing right now is very strained. It is also stressed. Nurses have worked under enormous stress and very difficult conditions for over two years now. And not only have the conditions gotten more difficult, but the staff, the number of nurses to manage the problem have gone down. So that only impacts the problem further. What are the biggest problems right now? Is it like burnout? Is it uh, a lack of appreciation from the public? Is it financial? Is it working conditions? Or is it a little bit of everything depending upon where you are? I think it is a little bit of everything. I think definitely the working conditions and some of those components that you mentioned, the stress of of patients, the political agendas um, being put onto nurses. I think that all lends itself to the burnout that we're experiencing. And and we like to call it compassion fatigue, right? Because um, it is difficult. The the resources that we have are less and the job is harder. So all of those components then lend itself to the burnout, as in your words, that that we've seen in the profession. So with all that as kind of the backdrop, is it safe to say that young nurses that come through your program and come through programs across the country are entering a different profession now than if they had started in January or February of 2020? Is the the world just kind of different for nurses throughout now? Nursing is such a different profession. profession. And we talk about this as a, as a school of nursing. We talk about this with our faculty often. Are we preparing our students well enough to enter into the field now? Um, it is different. As you shared, it's different now than it was two years ago. And we worry about that, right? So we are constantly asking ourselves and looking at ways that we can make sure we're addressing the needs. Students' education has been impacted. So perhaps the nurse that we were able to produce and educate three years ago is in entering into the field as a new graduate nurse, a new GN, is very different in terms of qualities and what they bring than the nurse that's entering the field now. And in some ways it's better Right. Because I would say that those nurses are more resilient. They have the ability to flex to points that they've never had to flex before. However, the 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 all the other truth is that their education has gaps. Um, It absolutely has gaps. They were a part of of an educational process where grades were kind of 
You can take a pass or a fail because guess what? All of a sudden, every course went online and we weren't prepared for that. So, so some of the academic rigor may have been impacted overall. Uh, the, the educational experiences, the clinical experiences, and the quality of them have been strained. We actually graduated students into the, the private sector, into healthcare, who their very last semester didn't have any clinical in a hospital. So that nurse who's graduating and then moving into um, the hospital setting is very different. And they have, like I said, they have a different skill set, some gaps, some strengths. Are you specifically at your institution? Are you changing how you guys approach training and, and teaching these nurses? Because I mean, like you're drawing blood, you're drawing blood. I don't what whatever the circumstances are around it, it's the procedure is the same. But are there other things you're focusing on? maybe from more of a mental and emotional standpoint that obviously are always part of the curriculum, but now maybe they were a tertiary concern before, but now it is a top line thing that you are going to have to be prepared for this when you do A, B, and C. Absolutely. That is, that is exactly it. The skills are the skills. Um, there, we have noticed we've had to push back sometimes. Students want to do more online. Uh, and we're like, no, no, we have to get into the hospital and we actually have to do the hands-on care. That worked for the period of time that we had to use it. But um, that's one area. And, and that's an easy area to explain. We need to have face-to-face -face time with patients to best educate nurses. However, the point is we absolutely are focusing more on resiliency, health and wellness, how to make sure that you, you can continue to self-care um, to for your own mental health and physical well-being. And we've done this in multiple ways. Some small kinds of things, pop-up things, like this uh, the last week when our students came on campus, they were met with a, a little nursing school survival kit, right? To, to kind of lighten the load, to provide some, some relief. But more seriously, we talk about it in classes. Uh, we've incorporated wellness modules. Uh, it's spoken about and, and discussed very extensively in our leadership courses and in our practicum courses where they are paired with a preceptor completing the last 100 hours of their nursing education. And they are basically living the world, living the life of a nurse at that point in time. So we really talk about their transition into care and how they will be able to function not for the short term, not to just get through orientation, but to actually survive in the profession and to be there for a long period of time. We do discuss that um, with much more intention than we had previously. How much do employers need to adjust their focus to bring in nurses? I, I'm. It seems to me that you might have been able to two, three years ago just entice nurse, potential nurses with the opportunity, you know, a financial level that they were comfortable with uh, and, and stuff like that. Do you think that the ground has shifted now where hospital healthcare networks have to understand that the game is different? And if you want to draw in quality people, you have to present opportunities that maybe weren't top of mind two, three years ago? Certainly. The, the way that I see it really is that hospitals need to look at, they need to focus on recruitment of more nurses, and they need to focus on the retainment of those nurses. So if we take a look at externships, 
the opportunity for an externship for nurses over the summer in between the periods of time when they're in school is a phenomenal recruitment tool. Those students go into the hospital, they gain excellent skills. Oftentimes it can it can fill a gap maybe that's of a clinical experience that they didn't get to see in school. They come back after the summer and they have a lot of great experiences that makes them a better student. Ultimately, then it makes them a better employer when they graduate. So um, that, that's one way in terms of recruitment. I would say probably even more important than that is the culture that the hospitals are creating. Uh, I like to talk to the hosp- my hospital partners and kind of share that your ability to help change or express your culture to the student happens when they're on your site as a guest in our school, right? They're a student of ours. They're doing their clinical in your institution, and that's the flavor. They're they're getting like to interview um, live. They're experiencing what that culture is like. They talk to the nurses. They see how the managers um, run their units, and that is truly what the hospitals can do. That would be probably the most important. They have to provide good clinical sites. First of all, let me go back. They have to provide a clinical site. I always tell hospitals and our clinical partners that students won't choose the site that they've never been to. It's rare that that happens. It does happen. But oftentimes, they choose the site for employment that they've been at. They've done clinical experiences at. They know it. So that's number one. Sometimes it's hard to get the students to get into that site. They have to work with their staffing, the hospitals, to make sure that that happens. The second opportunity is to make sure that they provide the schools with good clinical instructors nursing instructors and the nursing shortage doesn't stop at the doors of the hospital. It rolls right out into the nursing education profession. And so we are also experiencing enormous strain on our workforce for nurse educators. We need help. And the best help are those expert nurses at the bedside. So if the institutions can really work on partnerships, practice partnerships with the area schools it's going to bode very well for them in their recruitment efforts. They give good sites, they give good instructors, the students have a wonderful experience, they are gonna wanna work for them. That weighs and is so much more important, I think, than sometimes the recruitment experience that the hospitals are hitting us with right now. They wanna come in, the, the students are so heavily recruited, it is come in for a lunch, pick up the free swag, Let's do this. Let's do that. And I try to say, you know what? I need that time to educate them. And then we have the best nurse we can possibly have. And then you can have them as an employee. But it's it's important, I think, to, to really sell the culture. If I had advice for my practice partners, it would be to focus on that culture for the student nurse while they're in the clinical setting. That student nurse has a good experience. They are going to want to work for that institution. And then still in terms of recruitment, I would say that find money for their own employees to go to nursing school. Uh, Nursing school is very expensive. There's a lot of resources that are required and it's time and labor intensive. So students in the programs can't often work full time or or their resource resource of time is uh, limited. So provide scholarships for their employees who are interested in going to nursing school, provide time, provide money for the other resources that they need, like books and uniforms and so forth. That will help them to grow their own in nursing school. So so all of those efforts I feel are important in the recruitment stage. Once the student or the graduate now, the new nurse, 
comes on to the to the partners, the eight clinical agencies um, site as an employee, the job isn't finished then, right? The job then is about retaining that employee and retaining that new nurse, which can be so hard. We talked about how nursing has changed and how healthcare has changed overall. And the institutions, the practice partners now can't just assume that that new nurse is the same new nurse that they had three, four, or five years ago. That new nurse is different. And so making sure that they're adjusting to the needs of that new nurse is really important. So to keep them, to make sure that they're oriented appropriately, recognize that their experiences from their schooling and their education have been different. They come with different skills. It's been, um, it's been a, a challenge for them. Uh, I think sometimes just recognizing what drove them into nursing is also important. Um, the students who are starting nursing now are different. They sometimes have different motives than the students who started nursing three years ago. So recognizing what motivates them, the generational needs and values of the students who are coming in as new nurses. Um, flexibility and scheduling is really important for them. They've had a lot of flexibility as they've come through school and generationally, I think that's also important. So the ability to, to give that flexibility of scheduling to new nurses to help retain them is, is an important um, intervention. I think probably most importantly is to really make sure that they protect them. They don't push them too hard. I've been in communication with some new graduates who've only been out a short period of time. They're already charge nurses on the floor. They already have many more responsibilities that years ago they would not have had. Um, it's part of, of, of the issue, but to really protect them, don't push them and commit to them as new nurses. You know, we have brought them into the profession and we're now responsible for them. We have to make sure that they succeed. The amount of time and energy and resources that it takes to educate a nurse and orient them to their first job is enormous. And the worst thing would be that they would leave, that they would leave at after coming in, they're here a year, they get oriented, and then they're like, you know what, this is way more than I bargained for. This is not what I want. So it's important that we work to retain them and build them and wrap our arms around them. I, I like to say that it's um, it's like a marriage, right? You have to sometimes, you got to find other ways to make things work, but that commitment has to be there. And, and I would say then lastly, in terms of the retention, is to not forget the nurses who've been there right? It's not just all about the new nurses. Um, we have an enormous amount of nurses who are entering the retirement age. Many retired early when COVID hit. Uh, however, the baby boomers who chose to be nurses as careers, they are entering into their twilight um, time. And so they are, they are retiring at a much faster pace than nurses who are coming into the field. So those nurses and that wealth of experience that they hold that are currently running the hospitals and running the clinics, whether it's inpatient, outpatient, wherever it is, we need to show them how valuable they are too. And some of our local agencies I know have enacted retention bonuses um, to make sure that that body of knowledge doesn't go away and, and people can really stay in nursing as long as they can. It's sometimes it means for the employer to allow an eight hour shift or a four hour shift instead of the 12-hour shifts 
that are common in, in the hospitals nowadays, because a nurse, you know, in, in their um, later years may not be able to manage physically a 12 hour shift, three, four days a week. So making those changes will also help to protect that, uh, that seasoned nurse who really contributes a lot. Do, and once again, I'm painting with a broad brush, but do employers for the most part understand the moment that they're in with regards to retaining and recruiting? Because one of the things about nursing, it's one of those jobs that's kind of a calling and people follow it and would probably in quote unquote normal times put up with a lot more nonsense than a lot of people in other jobs because they feel like it's important. It's kind of in their DNA of who they are. Employers kind of understand that what this group has been through and the cards that are on the table for the young nurses and are they, they are, you're seeing them adjust accordingly, you think? I do. I can say that I have seen that from the practice partners I work with on a daily basis. They are, um, they are understanding. They are trying to put in the safety nets necessary. Uh, one of the other interesting um, challenges that we're experiencing is that the State Board of Nursing is slow as well. They don't have enough staff. Um, they may be overwhelmed sometimes with the work that they have. And, and our graduates are waiting longer periods of time before they're allowed to test. So, you know, when a, when a new nurse is hired by an institution and they're there four months, three months before they can actually sit for their licensure exam, the skills that they have acquired start to diminish while they're in this, what we call, it's like the GN, right? You're a graduate nurse. You don't have registered nurse after your name net yet. You're in orientation. And so I have seen that local practice partners have extended. They've had to. They have to. They've extended that orientation time and period of time simply because the students have not been able to test. The graduates have not been able to actually take their licensure exam as quickly as they have in years past. How long do you think it is going to take to get nursing back to some sense of normalcy with regards to, you know, just numbers? You talk about everybody at almost every front and every level needs help, needs people. Are we, this is something, this is not, we're not, not talking a matter of months. We're talking a matter of years. Does it go into decades or is this something you think within a several years, if conditions improve and we kind of continue on this new path, we can kind of get back to the point where just most places have enough people to do what they want? Well, it's an interesting, an interesting question. I do feel like we're at a crossroads. Um, I feel that the nursing education uh, that students have gotten, educators are working as hard and as, as, as well as they can to make it happen. The practice partners are working as well and as hard as they can to support nurses. Ultimately, the patients are the ones on the consumer end, right? It's like they have longer wait times. They're experiencing delays, perhaps, that they hadn't experienced years ago. Uh, I don't think it's an easy fix. I don't think it's a quick fix uh, because what's happening is that we have, as I shared earlier, we have more nurses that are retiring than that are coming into the profession. Those retired nurses, along with every other baby boomer of that generation, require more services. So better access to health care, better benefits, and more people who need them put a strain on the healthcare system. So we're going to experience in the next five years, more strain, more need for resources, and actually less nurses. 
we talked earlier about kind of shifting the focus of what nurses are going to have to deal with. You know, if you're a nurse that's been on the job now for, let's say, three, four years, you've probably seen an extraordinary amount of death. I mean, it is part of the job, obviously, but because of the pandemic, now you, depending on where you are, you are probably seeing a whole new set of situations with regards to abortion that you maybe didn't have to deal with. And I don't mean medically, I mean, are we allowed to do this? What happens if we make the wrong decision, stuff like that? It just seems like it's an incredibly challenging time that goes beyond the training, goes beyond the skill set. Uh, and, it, you know, we just come back to this burnout. There are just so many factors that are work here that, that go beyond your 40, 50 hour shifts. Absolutely. That, that would be, you know, we refer to that as moral distress. It, it's moral distress across across the board. In, in our leadership course, we talk a lot about the ANA, the American Nurses Association Code of Ethics, and what it means to be a professional nurse and, and the code that we're held accountable to. And in so many ways, we talk about it in the classroom and then we go into the hospitals or the clinical settings, wherever that might be, and we experience distress because they don't always match up with the code that, that we're accountable to. Nurses feel that. And again, it goes back to, I think, the education and, and the preparation that students need when they're in our classrooms. They need to know how to handle those ethical dilemmas, um, how to be resilient through it, how to identify their own personal values and understand what they're held accountable to as a professional nurse. So um, it, it doesn't make it easy, certainly. Nurses are are, are very stressed about it and, and particularly new nurses. You're right, the level of death, the level of um, need and lack of resources that nurses are experiencing challenges all of the reasons why we chose nursing as a profession. All this being said, and not that this is in any way how anyone would design this, but the nurses that persevere, the younger nurses that persevere through all this, you and I are talking 10 years, we're probably going to have an extraordinary group with a width of a breadth of life experience in the job on multiple fronts. It's getting to that point that's going to be difficult, but uh, we, I think you've, you've said it several times that we just keep coming back to this word resilience, that uh, the group that's coming of age now uh, there's going to be very little that's going to surprise them 10, 15 years down the road. Right. We, we recently had some discussions in our practicum class. These are the graduate nurses who literally they graduated last week. They are waiting to take their boards. They're accepting positions. And we were talking, we were having this conversation and there was a lot of anxiety on the part of the educators who were kind of saying, are we sure you're ready? Are you ready? Do you know how to manage this? And a student said, you know what, this is all we know. For two years now that they've been in nursing school, the actual going into the hospitals, the clinical components of our program, that's all they've known. And I do think, though, there is a lot of hope in the groups that are graduating right now because I have heard them say, we recognize the healthcare system is broken. We recognize the disparity in healthcare, that not everybody has equal access and we will fix it. 
So I think that is a testament to our, our program, to nursing programs across the country that are really, that have adjusted and pivoted and have, have really educated this new group of nurses that are coming out. They know what they're in for. They know it. They've accepted that challenge. And I think that they're ready for it. So I I like the picture that you paint with those broad strokes that 10 years from now, we will have a very unique and highly skilled set of, of nurses who have weathered something that many of us, particularly in my career, have not weathered. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.